As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. Every single day I come in here, I think about winning. You know, I don't do this year-round to come in and not make the playoffs. I'm sick of that shit, and uh, I want to keep winning. You're listening to The State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Tashawn Reed, and Ted Nguyen on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to an emergency edition of the State of the Nation podcast. I am Jimmy Durkin, joined, as always, by Vic Tafer, Deshaun Reed, and Ted Wynn. And by now, I'm sure you know why we are here. The Raiders have fired head coach Josh McDaniels and GM Dave Ziegler after just 25 games. Also fired offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi. Antonio Pierce moves from linebackers coach to interim head coach. Champ, uh, Champ Kelly takes over as the... Interim GM, Bo Hardegree, goes from quarterbacks coach to interim offensive coordinator. Um, 25 games is all Mark Davis could muster to see of just an absolutely terrible regime. I, I think it's uh, it's fair to say they didn't win games. They lost in embarrassing fashion. And I think from the coaching standpoint, they did not look like a well-coached team really at any point. And from a GM standpoint, there seemed to be no direction with how this team, how this roster was going to get built from the first offseason where they make some splashy moves like trading for Devontae Adams and signing Chandler Jones to then not doing much else and really not doing anything to, to build this team into a winner. Mark Davis said when he hired these guys that this is not a rebuild. I don't think they ever really knew what they were doing. I guess I'm surprised. I thought they were going to have at least two more games. So the two more home games coming up against the Giants and Jets, do you think are both winnable games? I thought um, you know, Mark Davis was trying to have patience. I think um, I think both Josh and Dave thought they had a lot longer. They both were telling people they had through 2024, and they thought they were going to have a chance to really you know, get this thing going. But like you said, the, the lack of focus and the change of direction was what I think killed them. I think uh, going for it last year and trading two picks, two high picks for Devontae Adams, then a year later, uh, kind of like saying, well, we're going to like be judged on, you know, our young players. We're not really, it's not about wins this year, but you know, that doesn't really, those two don't really go hand in hand. So I think um, 
there is talent in the roster, um, more so than um, kind of their performances showed recently. I think there were embarrassing losses. I think the one Monday night was really, really bad. And uh, yeah, Mark Davis uh, just got to a point where he couldn't, he couldn't watch anymore. And so um, here we are. Yeah, I think this was just a franchise that didn't have any real direction at this point. Um, you know, I think coming off that 2021 season, you really couldn't justify, you know, intentionally taking a step back, you know, coming coming in as a new regime. You had to try to build on that playoff run, whether you think it was fluky or not, it didn't really matter, you know, but you can't mess up all the moves that you make in trying to do so. And, you know, obviously trading for Devontae Adams worked out, but the Chandler Jones signing was was terrible extensions that they gave out they almost immediately backtracked on all of them besides max crosby uh they didn't really get much out of their first draft and from a coaching standpoint they, they showed an inability to adjust and, and help close out you know some of those games all those games that they blew last season all those one score leads and it was a disaster and, and kind of coming into this year it just kind of operated organizationally they, just, they were just kind of act, acting like they were scared this, this offseason to really do anything you know they didn't continue to go for it they didn't tear it down they sort of just sat there and existed and you know the result was nothing really changed starting the season if anything it got worse and so it's really hard as an owner I'm sure to try to find some level of optimism in that and um, that that lack of direction especially considering all the resources he poured into the moves that they made had to be frustrating and you know without a plan it, it just didn't really make sense to, to hold on to the regime any longer. I think when you look back at their tenure there there was no progress made and then you have the terrible game management decisions, which are totally on a coach. I mean, you know, the the things that you can't control is, are, is game management. And he just kept on making these terrible game management mistakes. Players he brought in clearly hasn't worked. He has his hand-picked quarterback, but he leads the league at interceptions and he has less than 200 pass attempts. Every quarterback in the top five interceptions has at least 234 attempts. So Garoppolo is playing some of the worst ball of his career. And then, you know, you have the frustration that the players showed on Monday night. I think maybe that is what took it over the top with Devontae Adams, you know, throwing his helmet and the, the answers like Josh Jacobs just, you know, saying they my, my job. And just it just he was losing his players. And I think that's what sent it over the top to get him fired midseason on a Tuesday. Everything that this uh, regime has done has been a disaster and we said in the beginning of the year that you know we don't think that these guys are gonna get fired unless things just totally unraveled and it 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 did and it did quickly yeah i mean they sit here at three and five and i think we all can say this team is not as good as the three and five record would even indicate and and i you know i give mark davis credit for kind of recognizing this and this is a one in seven type team i mean this they, they beat two terrible teams in, in the Packers and Patriots. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of bad offenses in the NFL right now. Raiders, certainly among them, the team that they play on Sunday, that the Giants are probably the worst offense in the league, uh, scoring-wise, they are. And so I think you had to recognize that, like, even, you know, three and five was was not even a reflection of how bad this team was. And you look at all the moves they made. I, I mean, I don't have a problem with them going out and getting Devontae Adams. I mean, he's been fantastic when they've utilized him properly. But you go out and get him and you're still terrible offensively and you have an offensive head coach who's, you know, higher because of his offensive genius. And if you are Josh McDaniels and you have your hand-picked quarterback, you have all pros at running back and wide receiver, and you can't get this offense to score 20 points in a single game. You can't get them averaging more than 16 points a game. You're just not doing your job. 
Yeah, I mean, they're 28th in points per drive with their handpicked quarterback, with the, one of the best receivers in the league, a good number two receiver, and you know, a, a pretty good pass blocking offensive line by several metrics. I mean, you know, how does that happen? You know, you're 28th in the league with, with that much talent offensively, and you're supposed to be an offensive mastermind, you know, so that's, that's just terrible. Well, part of the reason it happens is when you sign your quarterback, he, you know, he comes in and he fails a physical and he needs foot surgery, which are, you know, huge red flags for a quarterback, I think. And also, I mean, I think when when Josh and Dave look back on all this, and they're kind of like, I'm sure they'll have some regrets, not many because they're, the Eagles are pretty big, but they'll have some regrets. And I think one of the regrets would be the Garoppolo thing. I think they clearly wanted Tom Brady. He retired. And then kind of they weren't left with a lot of great options. I think um, in hindsight, they probably should have gone with Jared Stidham for a lot less money and drafted a quarterback. I think that was probably the right way to go based on where this roster was. You know, wasn't quite good enough, yet you still had a lot of talent. And you had to try and, and still make an effort to, to win. So I think that may have been the way to go. I think Garoppolo... Obviously, came in. I don't know. Um, he says he's fine health wise, but I mean, he looks he looks really bad. I can't imagine he's lost all that talent in a short amount of time. So, um, yeah, I just think um, in hindsight, the grapple things and and all the quarterback moves, you know, like, you know, like the car extension and, and benching car and not getting anything back for car and not being able to trade him. He had to walk for no compensation. All the all the quarterback moves really, I think, were uh, kind of the, the you know, the, the difference for those guys and, and why Mark Davis uh, decided to move on. I don't think the Garoppolo thing has anything to do with his health. I think this is who Garoppolo always has been. And he's he was kind of protected by the Shanahan system and, and offense all this time. He's always been terrible. I mean, he's terrible right now. He hasn't always been terrible. He is worse now than he ever was with the Niners. I mean, I think with the Niners... He wasn't as great as his numbers and, and the right. wins and losses I, I certainly had it, but he's playing worse now than he ever did with the Niners. But I don't think it has to do with his health. I mean, I just think that, you know, he's always been interception prone and with the Niners, he wasn't asked to do a lot. You know, he was just asked to throw it to his first read, get the ball out to, you know, Debo Samuel, let him run for a hundred yards and that kind of th- thing. And and now in this offense, he's asked to do more and now he's, He's asked to throw the ball downfield, and he's thrown a ton of interceptions. And, I mean, it's just like we saw these problems when he was a Niners quarterback, but they're just, you know, even worse in this offense. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously moving on from Derek Carr, I think, is a fine decision. Um, and it, it's, it was bigger than just this regime. I mean, you know, over the course of nine seasons as a starter, you know, the franchise only makes the playoffs twice. They never win a playoff game. He was coming off one of the worst seasons of his career. And so, like, I, even after giving them an extension, I could you can explain moving on from Derek Carr, but like this can't be the result. Like you can't go out, you know, get a highly paid veteran quarterback, and they're like arguably the worst quarterback in the league this season. Like that just can't happen, especially when you had other alternatives. Even if you know you can't control Brady retiring, obviously, but after that they had other chances to to make things happen. You know they they did take the tires on trading for Aaron Rodgers. They explored trading for the number one pick before the Bears did so, and they still could have tried to trade up in the draft to take a quarterback. You know from the number seven pick, but they were really, I guess they you know they felt that Bryce Young was the only quarterback they felt comfortable hitching themselves to, and they, if they couldn't get him, then they then they were just going to pass on it, but. I just think, you know, especially coming out of Garoppolo's physical, him failing the physical, like just, they just had too many opportunities to avoid ending up with him being the answer here. And, and it just wasn't any excuse they could use for landing on him and then having the results be what they were. And fucking up a quarterback is, is a quick way to get fired. And, and that's what happened here. 
Yeah, I mean, they, they even they got that lifeline really with the failed physical that they gave them that gave them an opportunity to to take a step back and, and maybe make a different decision. And it even gave them the opportunity once they did the restructured contract was to say, okay, like, you know, we'll see what how it goes. But then when he passed the physical and he gets to the start of the season healthy, they go ahead and restructure him again to to kind of give him back that signing bonus and and lock them into money for next year. Whereas if they had just kept it to the restructured deal after the failed physical, they would have been able to just move on without having that. So it's just like they kept making moves that that were bad. And then the the pivots that they made were even worse. And it's just they just again, they, they showed no sense of direction. They they seem to just believe that going out and getting people that they knew and were comfortable with from their Patriots days w- would work out for them. And it, it just none of it worked. We all came into the season saying that the grapple was kind of a downgrade from Derek Carr, especially arm talent wise in terms of physical skills. But the, the hope was that, you know, his grasp of the system, his familiarity with McDaniels, that was going to be the difference. Cause last year, obviously Carr and, and Josh didn't have a, a real connection. Then you're hearing, oh, it takes time, and he had to deal with all the Niners stuff I knew, and it's kind of a different system. So all of a sudden, the reason he was here, like the the, the instant fit, it wasn't there. And then he's also not not throwing the ball well. He looks he looks shaking in the pocket. I, I think I wrote Monday before before the game that he was your only hope, and obviously that hope did not did not come true. And well, it was true because when once he showed that he there was no hope with him, then they were all gone. Yeah, it was, it was his last stand. It turned out to be. Um, you know, also Josh and Dave's last stand. So, um, yeah, in this league, it always comes down really to the quarterbacks. I think that was um, what happened here. It's not looking back in hindsight because I think mo- we were pretty critical about the Garoppolo signing when it yeah, happened. I was standing on a soapbox. I was yelling for everybody in the world to hear me all, all offseason. Yeah, and, and, like, the best decision was to just go with Jared Stidham after they couldn't pivot to Tom Brady because, I mean – Honestly, that's the mistake that ended up costing them their jobs because if you go with Jared Stidham, expectations aren't that high and you kind of see where, you know, where you can go from there. And if he's good, then, you know, maybe you have an option to to go with. And if he's not good, then you you have an excuse. You know, you have Jared Stidham starting at quarterback and he can at least throw the ball deep and keep Devontae Adams happy. Devontae Adams, had 153 yards and two touchdowns when he was starting. So he can at least throw the ball deep and, you know, keep Devontae Adams happy. He gives you an excuse to kind of keep going and, and see what what happens next year. But, you know, they, they kind of went all in and they went all in with Jimmy Garoppolo. And, you know, it's kind of led to, uh, led to this point. And it's not the only reason why they lost their jobs, but I think that was the beginning of the end. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't know so much about like rolling with Stidham as the guy. Like, I don't, I don't know if that was the answer, but I think you I just think you need to draft somebody like you have the number seven overall pick. You have a lot of draft capital. Like, stop being go get somebody like, you know, I mean, obviously you have to, you know, have that confidence in the quarterback. But as we see, like CJ Stroud has been lighting the world on fire this season. Um, even Anthony Richardson before he got hurt, played well. Will Levis look pretty good. <laughs> I was down on Will Levis. He came out there throwing four touchdown passes in his first start. So, like, obviously this class had talent uh, more more than they thought, you know, based on these early results. And at the number seven pick, like, you not only don't take a quarterback, but the guy that you do take, like, hasn't done anything in Tyree Wilson. And, you know, it's, it's not his fault necessarily, but that's just that's just hard to, to rationalize and pull together. Like, when you had opportunity to, to – they just had so many opportunities not to end up in this situation that – I mean, that's why you see Davis make this move. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And weren't you guys reporting that they really didn't like any of these quarterbacks except for one quarterback, which probably was CJ Stroud? But I mean, Bryce Young. Bryce Young. It was Bryce Young. Oh, it was Bryce Young. And if they really didn't like any of the quarterbacks, then that's really bad quarterback evaluation on them because a lot of people did like this quarterback class. CJ Stroud is having a phenomenal rookie season. They're smarter, Ted. You got to smarten up. Smarten up. <laughs> I mean, Anthony Richardson was leading the league in explosive play rate before he got hurt. And, you know, we saw what Will Levis did. So, I mean, it's just a really bad, you know, evaluation on their part. I think the one more you know, nail in the coffin was that, you know, that Bears game. I mean, this is, I thought it was the right move at the time going with Brian Hoyer over Aiden O'Connell. That, you know, obviously, they also thought he would have a clean game and that was the way to go. But in hindsight, choosing a 37-year-old German guy who was, you know, 0-12 over a rookie you drafted and having that guy then stink it up it's a really, really bad look for the for the owner trying to evaluate you and if you know what you're doing. So I think that was also something that he's like, you know, what what are these guys doing? I mean, I understand, you know, they drafted the guy in the fourth round. They, they you know, he played okay in the preseason and, and maybe, but to have Hoyer play that bad also did not uh, help their their causes. I think. You know, and as for what's next, uh, they are going to now turn to Aiden O'Connell. He's going to start this Sunday against the Giants. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo takes that big salary to the bench. Um, you know, we'll see what they do in terms of who is the backup, who is active as the number two quarterback. Um, you would think it'd be Garoppolo, but who the hell knows at this point? Will O'Connell keep the job for the rest of the season? Who knows? But um, they, they are going to turn to him. And I that's what you should do when you're in this situation, at least give yourself an opportunity. You've got nine games left. If you start him the rest of the way, that's 10 games of starting experience that you get for Aiden O'Connell and uh, give yourself an opportunity to see what you have as you go into next off season, where it's going to be a, another rebuild. Yeah. When you throw um, McDaniels was either off the, off the boat, you know, Jimmy's tied to them, you know, chained by the ankle to him. So he's also you know, going off the boat soon. So yeah, it's a reboot. Uh, they got a new coordinator, new quarterback, and hopefully it clicks. Hopefully they can, uh, get Devontae Adams going and get this offense. I mean, it's amazing. Like we've talked about several times, you have uh, Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs and you average 16 points a game. That's uh that's a fireball offense. And here we are. What are the options with Jimmy Garoppolo moving forward? Because I mean, they're going to bench him. So it, it seems likely that they're going to move on from him. So, you know, what, what are the options with this contract? Uh, I mean, you have to, you have to cut him basically. So is that 33 dead cap? I think it's twenty four million next year dead cap hit. I think, but uh, no, it, it depends. Yeah, it depends on how they structure it. Like if they cut him before June one, is twenty eight point three million dollars dead money next year. Um, if they cut him post June one designation, it'll be fifteen point five million next year, and then twelve point eight million in twenty twenty five. Just cut your losses all in twenty twenty four, May twenty twenty four, a full rebuild. That's what I say. I mean, just 
Yeah. Yeah. That's you just got to wipe, wipe your hands with it. Obviously that makes it pretty tough to like go with the veteran QB route again. And so, I, I mean, you know, if, if they cut him and, and O'Connell, it's, the next nine games doesn't show you enough to, to, for you to believe that he could be the guy, you pretty much have to draft a quarterback. That'll be the situation into an off season. Right now you got to just, honestly, he probably got to root for losses. I mean, you, you, you kind of need, you want to be as half as high a draft pick as possible. Like at, at this point, those kind of, fraudulent wins over the Packers and and Patriots almost almost hurt them because you would rather them be one in seven right now and and be in better draft position yeah because having three wins might honestly cost you one of the top two quarterbacks in the in the draft this year and they're like generational prospects types too that loss to the Bears helps though that the tiebreaker they don't have that tiebreaker loss to the Bears yeah I think right now they they would hold the the number eight pick in the draft if the season ended today, which obviously is not close to ending. So, you know, they're not that far away from being in range to potentially draft a quarterback. And obviously you could swing a trade to move up potentially, especially when you have teams that, you know, might have two picks in that top five range out there. And so, um, you know, we'll see how it happens. There's plenty of time for them to stink and, and, and fall off the wheels and end up one of the top picks in the draft. But Honestly, like that's it's time. It's time to. I know they blew it up in terms of the regime. It's time to start over, like as a franchise. Like this team isn't anywhere near competing. It, it obviously wasn't after last season. It hasn't changed this season. Like continuing to try to salvage, you know, this current iteration of the roster, like that just isn't going to work. Like they need a hard reset. You know, draft a quarterback, get rid of as many expensive players as you possibly can that you know aren't core guys of the franchise. Collect draft picks and. And then a lot of new regime, you know, whoever they may be to, to start over, like it's that time. I don't, I don't see any point of continuing to try to salvage, you know, the, their current setup. I mean, I would have traded Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs yesterday. I think a full pivot rebuild right then should have started. The part there is they didn't trust the current regime to like handle those trades well. And so that's honestly, I would I would have fired those guys on the plane home on Monday. And I would have told Champ Kelly, get these guys traded here on Tuesday before the deadline, like no, no messing around, but you would, you would think Devonte Adams should be on the move in the off season. You could still trade Devonte in the off season. Um, obviously Josh Jacobs, you're not going to be able to trade him. He's not under contract next year, but I would think Devonte Adams, you trade him in the off season and you see what uh, draft capital you can recoup. Yeah. It's not exciting, but I mean, like, I, I think, but I will say, I, I think not making those deals at the deadline, in a sense, might make the the job more attractive this offseason because you leave the keys in the hands of whoever you bring in. And even if you do end up moving on from Devontae and, you know, some of the other veteran, Hunter Renfro, some of these other guys, like you let them decide how they go about doing so. And I think I think that that helps you out when it comes to the job search process more so than if you just tear it down bare bones and then try to get somebody to come take over your bullshit. That's a good point. I also think I'm sure Mark Davis still thinks to have a chance this year. I mean, like I mentioned, the two games coming up are, I mean, they're wonderful. They're five and five. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm trying to think like Mark does. I'm trying to get my Mark Davis uh, thinking cap on. So I think, you know, he has to believe that they, that, you know, the, the staff has been really bad and Jim's been really bad. Maybe they can spark it and uh, get in a run like they, like they did with uh, with Passaccio. I'm sure that's part of his, of his thinking process. He still has hopes for, uh, for this season not being a, a total disaster. It's interesting they they fired Mick Lombardi too, along with uh, Ziggler and McDaniel's. I mean, you know, I just assumed that Mick Lombardi would be the play caller, or it was going to be Turner. But um, it's kind of like Jimmy, man. He's got his ankles tied to those two guys. He's 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 Josh's guy. So you throw one off the boat, the other guy goes with him. What I told Vic is is the Patriot way is now the Patriot stench. If you've got the Patriot stench on you, you got to go. Exactly. Yeah, I just think um, 
Yeah, clearly, um, when Mark looked at the offense and all the issues, the you know the offensive coordinator is, is part is part, of that, part of the problem, not not part of the solution. So he's got to go. All right, final topic here before we get out of here. We will still have a regularly scheduled podcast uh, later this week, so uh, we'll have have more to get into after we hear from some folks here on uh, Wednesday. But uh, Antonio Pierce getting the promotion to the interim head coach, I think that's probably more about you know not wanting to to kind of mess with who's calling the plays, uh, you know, in terms of if they consider Patrick Graham. I mean, the defense has been better than we expected. Uh, and so I, I think you're seeing that more and more now that when you name somebody the interim head coach that you're kind of picking from a guy who is not a play caller just because you don't want to mess with that game day operation. Yeah. And I also think, you know, I mean, I, it worked out for them last time, you know, to having Rich Bisacci uh, in kind of that similar role, more of a, a CEO type and, you know, lean into the leadership qualities, but also think, you know, Antonio Pierce is, is a well-liked guy in the locker room, obviously a, a former longtime NFL linebacker, you know, as a former player, he's able to relate, relate to the guys, ASU as, as a coach, um, you know, he was, he was known for you know, his skills on the recruiting front and being able to connect with people on a, on a human level. And so I think when it comes to, I mean, they still got nine games left to play. Like, even if they don't think they have a chance to win the season, you, you would ideally you know, not like the the locker room to just fall apart. And, you know, I think he has the makeup of a guy that, that could hold the team together from that standpoint, even if, you know, the on-field results, you know, aren't, aren't what they would like. Yeah, he's an emotional guy. I think the players can rally around and definitely, this is a definitely different, um, different feeling than with, with McDaniels. So I think, um, I think it's a good, it's a good move. And I think like, like Sean said, he's got, uh, got a good resume and got some uh, people around the league talking of him very highly. So, um, yeah, I think it's, um, of all the guys, all the choices on the staff, I think he makes the most sense. Yeah, I mean, you know, once you are in this situation, it's going to be pretty tough. So you got to kind of have somebody that players could rally around. And he seems like, you know, a player's coach from everything we're hearing about him, which is kind of the opposite from McDaniel. So, you know, never good choices or options when you're in this situation. But I, I think it's probably the right choice to have Pierce as the interim all right, well, he gets to make his NFL head coaching debut against his former team, the Giants, on Sunday. Uh, we'll have much more talking about that game, talking about player reaction. We'll see if we hear from Mark Davis. Uh, he has traditionally, uh, as of late, not made himself available after coach firings and dismissals. But uh, we'll see if he uh, gives us uh, get, talks to us here on Wednesday. But uh, we'll be back later this week uh, with our regularly scheduled edition of State of the Nation. But uh this has been our emergency pod. Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler fired, and uh, it's a new day in Vegas. Uh, time for a new regime, and we'll see what happens. We do like like an ambulance noise before the as an intro to this thing. Do like a, gotta uh, get the siren. Siren, yeah. before siren and after. goes. Siren. All right, Brian, get on that. We're gonna do a siren before and after, and we're done talking. Thanks. Whip out the the old projector. I hope Mark whips out the the old school projector today. Overhead projector. Yeah, you got you get you get a sound bite from that uh from that that conference. God, man, putting our ed- our producer to work, man. A fucking emergency podcast. Yeah, you know, all these special editing requests and shit. Damn, it's tough. It's an emergency, man. It's an emergency podcast. Emergency things have to happen. It's not like your everyday routine podcast special. Hang in there, Raider fans. <laughs> better days they're ahead they're all happy i guess they're all they, they hated josh so congratulations way to france you're celebrating smart enough that but tanking is a good time <laughs>